Welcome to the broadcast. Every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. Come on, back Arizona. It is Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, the outdoor living hour. Your Rosie on the house. Saturday morning tradition since 1988. First Saturday of the month, so we're talking farm fresh commodities, and we've got a special guest in today, with along with Julie Murphy, spokeswoman for the Arizona Farm Bureau. But some exciting news to announce: we are 81 days away from winter, which means we are past the fall, and that means uh, hay rides and pumpkin patches. And right on the home page of the Casa Grande Dispatch this week, they highlighted. Kwood Farms at 11 Mile Corner, and Julie, talking before the break, you know that's a part of the county that your family's fairly familiar with in the cotton farming over the years. But uh, that's a uh, that the 11 Mile Corner has an interesting name behind it. Yes, now you're going to have to tell us since you prompted us on that. One. <laughs> I can't repeat that, but it was pretty interesting. There's always a reason for an interesting name. <laughs> Give us the facts behind oh, right. the so name I Eleven Mile Corner. Um, so, and I'm not sure. Does that mean we're on? I'm not exactly sure. But the Eleven Mile Corner, uh, just well, since we we're going to be talking about it, it was uh, eleven miles east of Casa Grande, eleven miles north of Eloy, and eleven miles southwest of Coolidge, Arizona. So cool. Eleven, eleven, eleven. So, eleven mile corner. What a perfect name for the corner. <laughs> yes, and I know it and well. It's part of Pinal County, which is a huge agricultural uh, county. And if you've ever driven between Phoenix and Tucson, you see a lot of it. But you really, if you really, really want to get a good idea of just how much there is. At Picacho Peak, there's the new overpass. It'll take you up 87. Yeah, that's right. And you yeah. can go in the back way and go through Coolidge. And you can an idea of a little, bird, a little bird's eye view of, of just how much is well i'm taking i'm trying to take 87 all the way up instead of staying oh i 10. i thought you meant get on top of the overpass and you had a little elevation the other place to do that is on the top floor of the francisco grande motel and <laughs> that's, that's a great beautiful. spot for it <laughs> yes you see a lot of country right there it's a, one of our favorite places to see the arizona sunrise that's for sure and even though i didn't know exactly why beautiful place beautiful sorry yeah we are in Oh, I heard Julie. Yeah, so what I was going to say is even though I didn't know what the meaning of 11 Mile Corner, why it was called that, I knew it very well because right there is the Pinal County 4-H or, or fair, and we always had our animals and always were at the fair. So now I, it's more special to me than ever. And starting October 22nd, they'll start opening up for hay rides and, and the pumpkin patch. And there's a, that's just one location. You have a, a great list put together of all the places uh, homeowners can go or uh, take guests that might be in town uh, visiting family uh, all over the state. Yes, if you go to azfb.org and you go to our news and resources, one of the top articles today at azfb.org is uh, celebrating Fall Festival 2022 on our Arizona farms. These are farms that you can actually go onto. You get the whole agriculture experience, get it a much better sense of what we do here in Arizona with our agriculture. And they're all over their state. They're Cochise County, Pinal County, Pima County. We've got some up north in Yavapai County, Apache County. So you can literally, if you're very ambitious, and I know some of your listeners are, 
you can hit all of the fall festival farm visits in one month because they started as of today, October 1. So we're excited. And a lot of the famous ones that have been around a long time, I mean, most of them have been around a long time, but uh, when we headed down to Tucson yesterday and passed the Rooster Cogburn Ostrich Ranch, there were more cars there than I have ever seen. And I didn't know, in addition to ostrich, they also have deer, miniature, donkeys, goats, ducks, and rainbow lorquettes. Wow. Yeah, they have everything. In fact, by the way, just plug for Arizona Farm Bureau. They happen to be Arizona Farm Bureau members. <laughs> just like um, Deborah Walden-Rawls and her family, <clears throat> Green Valley Pecans, who are my guests today and I'm so excited about that because, gosh, when we think of fall, we think of pecans and we think of pecan orchards and all that fun stuff. I know you guys harvest a little later in the season, but Deborah Walden-Rawls, one of my very good friends, she's the vice president of industry relations for her family farm. That seems pretty big, and that's a big title, (laughs) but it is truly a family farm. So, Deborah... Tell us the Walden family story. I'm very, not the Walton family, no, but the Walden. Walden family story. I did get that growing up, you know, with the TV show, The Waltons, but no, Walden. Well, thank you for having me. I so greatly appreciate it. So born and raised Zoni, grew up south of Tucson on our farm in Sarita, Arizona. Uh, my grandfather started the farm. He originally purchased it back in 1946. They are originally from uh, Santa Paula area in California. And he started actually in a citrus business and growing up or, you know, working over in California for Luminaria, which was a big citrus company that is still in existence today and running and operating. Um, He just realized California, he kind of saw the writing on the wall for the future and decided to move his family here to Arizona. Originally, our farm was cotton and wheat. I think at one time we were one of the largest lettuce producers back in the wow. you know 50s and 60s but as cotton continued to grow and he was very involved in you know the American Cotton Council also International Cotton Council traveling all over the world but he decided he was concerned about synthetic fibers taking over and so he started being a very entrepreneurial man kind of started dabbling with grapes and different varieties of tree nuts and when it came down to it pecans were the best to grow here in Arizona, as well as being machine harvestable. (laughs) That was key for him. Wow. And that was all your grandpa. And and your dad kind of was tied into that, obviously, as his son. So you're a third generation. Yes, ma'am. And you have two boys. Yes. Are they taking any interest in the family farm? (laughs) (laughs) Or am I asking that question too early? No, I I don't think you are. My oldest, William, is definitely... He's worked on the farm. He started on the farm, I think, when he was about 10 or 11, getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning with me to head down. You know, he had to learn early the traditional, you know, siphon irrigation, things like that. So he's definitely spent a few years before football took over on the farm, and he wants to get a degree in agriculture. And so... Awesome. U of A. U of A, taking after (laughs) his mom. So... (laughs) Because he's a senior, and uh, these last two days, you were a football mom. Yes, ma'am. And he won. Yes, they they did. Okay. Tight game, but they won last night. Go Hamilton Huskies. Yay. (laughs) So, I mean... It is a family farm, but you guys are doing everything like you should do as a successful and focused family business. So tell me about your role and some of the other, and 
your brother, you have a brother, and yes. he's involved in the farm. So yes. tell, give me that lowdown a little bit. Well, so, of course, as any family business, your dad puts you at the bottom of the totem pole, and you have to earn your right <laughs> and work your way up, And so, which is something my brother and I, Rich, both value very much. But so over the years, a lot has changed, you know, with businesses, COVID, things like that. And we have more with our industry as a whole, you know, pecans are all across 15 southern states and parts of northern California. So with that, our industry has really, I would say over the last 10 years, really kind of come together and be more of a cohesive industry. And so along with that is, of course, a lot of work working with growers across all industries as well as shellers and accumulators. So my job title grew into industry relations as well as, you know, done marketing. I have done organic certifications. I have done quality assurance. So basically when you work in a family business, you have to learn every facet of it and you work hard, but it also teaches you about every component of the business. It, it's amazing. And in fact, uh, January of 2020, just before the pandemic hit, yes, you and I hauled our butts down there because that's something you do all the time anyway. And I got to go from end to end in your completely vertically in integrated business. Right. Now, a lot of things have changed, however. What are yes. some of the things that have changed? Well, with the pandemic, it taught us a lot. You know, it's definitely a lot of businesses suffered because of people being sick, you know, employees not coming back to work. So with the pandemic, we had a huge challenge trying to keep our shelling division open. And unfortunately, with the COVID virus, we had to restructure. And so we no longer have our shelling division or our retail division. So I'm just kind of, as my grandfather would say, you get back to the roots and you're just a farmer. So you're just a farmer. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is you're growing some of the most amazing pecans here in the state of Arizona. And there was a time, I like to point this out. Now you kind of got beat out by a, a fellow farm pecan farmer, but at one time you were the world's largest vertically integrated pecan company. Yes. But now Chase Farms, we're going to give them some props because they're fellow farmers, and you right. probably run into them in all these all industry that I work meetings. With, yep, they have their daughter Courtney and I work a lot together in the industry, and you know I look at it as it's always great to sell any type of pecan, whether it's from the southeast or the southwest. You know that's the overall arching goal is to create a great market for our industry. And, and you mentioned the largest vertically integrated. What does that mean? So vertically integrated is from farm to table. So we grew, we grew our pecans, we would process our pecans, and turn around and sell our pecans. And even though you don't have the retail market, for our listeners, because that's, again, the, the Green Valley pecan pecans are some of my favorites. So where can <laughs> I get them? I can get them at Costco? Costco. And then, you know, well, my favorite place, because my favorite candy is from Soretta. There you go. But, you know, it's a camelback. Okay. Sweet chocolate, little caramel in there. Yes, all good stuff. <laughs> all good stuff. So was that kind of sad? It was kind of tough because you've had, you want to, like a lot of our family farms, we keep our employees because right? we take mm -hmm. care of our people. To shut that plant down, that was kind of a little bit tough because some of these families that have been there forever, but if the pandemic shut it down and everything else, you kind of had to yeah, go through that. Yeah, generational, and it was hard. It was definitely very emotional. Um, you know, I will say as a family, we sat down with each and every one, talked to them individually. You know, you do 
as a business, you got to do what's right for the business, but at the same token, you also got to be there emotionally because the, it is life changing for yes. everybody. So, and you know, a lot of our employees have doing well and landed really well, and so happy for them. And you know, it's definitely a change that's hard on the heart. It's hard on the heart, and we're, we'll be back with more information in the next segment. I would be proud. But I would be proud. To partake. To partake. Of your pecan pie. Of your pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. Pecan pie. That's going to spur a debate. Let's bring it up. Yes. Pecan <laughs> or pecan? Now, I got my preference, and I think it's right, but. Well, I'm going to ask you all first. I mean, Julie, what do you say? Pecan, pecan. or pecan? Pecan. So, well. As being a member of the American Pecan Council and on the board, during the presidential race, we had a debate, and it was called the Pecan or Pecan Debate. And so we had a lot of traction, which was awesome. Even at the time, President Obama made the comment, Pecan or Pecan. He says Pecan, by the way. <laughs> so the results came in at the end of our Pecan Debate, and it was 65% Pecan and 34% Pecan. That I love. And speaking of pecans, the way I like to say it, pecans rank number one in antioxidant capacity. I thought it'd be fun to throw a little statistic in there. Pecans are number one, then walnuts fall behind them, hazelnuts, pistachios, almonds, cashews, and macadamia nuts in that order. So if you want your antioxidants, you need to eat your pecans. One ounce a day helps keep the doctor away, as I say. One (laughs) ounce a day. I love it. So I have one final question on the business, and then we're going to roll into some other fun stuff. But what's your anticipated future endeavors for the farm business? Just to continue to grow great quality pecans. You know, I mean, that's at the end of the day, it is imperative for myself, my family, our employees, is that what we put into the soil, what we produce as a pecan comes to the end user, and it's a good quality, healthy, flavorful nut. And it is. I, and I was just saying off air that the only disappointment when you get mixed nuts is that there's not enough of the pecans. Right, and I'm right. always a little bit sad about that. <laughs> I love all the others, but I really love the pecans. So why do we in Arizona, especially the Walden family, why do you grow such good pistachios? What's is it something about? You said I, pistachios. I said pistachio. You know why? Because we used to grow pistachios. <laughs> By the way, we grow good pistachios in Arizona. Arizona pistachios are grown here in Arizona. Y'all been but holding I'm, out on me. I didn't know you grew pistachios too. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I grew. We did cotton wheat and alfalfa and pistachios. So it's like inbred in me. Anyway, right. so pecans. Why do you guys do it so well, and specifically in this climate? I mean, Arizona. We have great weather. You know, we have year-round sunshine. We have the great sandy loam, quality soil, and, of course, good quality water. Okay, so the water. Well, that's a good segue on the water issue. Uh-oh. A lot of people. There we go. <laughs> so, and I know I'm kind of asking this question for Romy because he wants to make sure he is watering his pecans, not pistachios, unless, Romy, you're growing pistachios, too, and you haven't told me. But he wants to make sure. We actually, we do have both, but it's as oh, a wow. test because okay. we're not, we don't get enough chill hours to get uh, pistachios there that are go. a little bit uh, older. But a handful of years ago, Bernie at the Arizona Pistachio uh, Nursery just north of Tucson had said, I think I've got one that'll work. Would you try it? So I have four. 
and it takes about like a pecan, you know, like most nut trees, it takes almost a decade for them to start producing nuts. So we're right at like Correct. eight and a half, nine years. So we're about to find out if we have uh, a variety of pistachio that's got low enough chill hours to grow in Maricopa. But now what about your pecans? So Deborah, give us the water story on pecans. Well, of course it depends on where, where you're at, how your trees are planted, things like that. But, you know, we have two farms, one in eastern Arizona in San Simone, right along the Arizona-New Mexico border. And then our headquarters is just south of Tucson and Saborita. So our San Simone farm is all on sprinkler. And, of course, technology when we planted that farm was starting in 2004, 2005. So with a sprinkler, you know, you're doing about three and a half inches every two and a half weeks. So, and then, of course, that's a concentration right around the tree, right around the trunk. Now, with a flood irrigation, it's about four and a half acre feet. Sorry, I apologize. should have said acre feet. And that's on a 10-day cycle. So, of course, we are currently in the process of converting the remainder of our flood irrigation at our headquarters to sprinkler, which helps, you know, you can run your inputs through your sprinkler system versus having to do flood irrigation, you know, your water conservation, things like that. And it's also imperative you have good orchard floor management to get the good saturation that you need for your trees to grow. And your farmer team, they know how to... They know how to do it. Take I care mean, of it and I, water them. I have to give a shout out definitely to like Brian Driscoll, Rich Walden, Brad White, and of course, um, Goose Miller. These are our farm managers, but we couldn't do what we did if it wasn't for them and our employees. That's what makes Green Valley Pecan Farmers Investment successful. It's not my, myself. It's what they do day in and day out to make sure we're producing a good quality nut. Kind of boots on the ground. As yes. farming is, it's hands on. You have to be fully engaged. Yes. And guys like that. Guys and gals like that know how to do that. Yes. So we know that Georgia grows a lot, too. Correct. And, and you, like you said, you're a small group. You guys, it's certainly you're all, but you're an industry committed to one another. But talk to me about the Georgia. How would you, I have to ask this question. Oh, we have 30 seconds. Why are Arizona pecans my favorite over Georgia? Well, I would say it depends on where you live and just, you know, how you grow. I would say different environments. So you're going to produce a different quality nut. Drier climate versus higher moisture, higher humidity. All right. Thank you. Pecan cookies, pecan pies. I know they like to make them, but I don't know why. I love that. Pecans on the on the floor lord please save me because i can't take no more of their crush i think this is the guy that says pecan that's kind of miserable so i love it it's perfect if anybody could find songs and themes about pecans that would be producer gary we are actually broadcasting live today we're sitting in the tucson convention center it is the hot saba fall home show it'll be today at 10 o'clock and julie last time we were down here for saba home show we actually had ed curry from santa cruz uh chili farm on had he drove up from cochise county to join us in studio and when i realized that we were going to have green valley pecans on i'm like oh great they could uh you know green valley's pretty close they could drive up and join us in tucson and be like well no our rep actually lives all up here by Arizona Farm Bureau headquarters. So we're, <laughs> we're actually closer to the farm than, than our uh, guest 
today, yeah. Deborah, from yes. Green Valley Pecans. I will say it's 113 miles one way from my front door to my office front door. <laughs> That's 113. <fun>. Yes. <laughs> so do you have to do that commute every day? I used to. Pre-pandemic, yes. Now it's once a week. She's a good driver. I've hopped in the truck with her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another fun statistic about pecans. Today, the U.S. produces about 80% of the world's pecan supply. The top states, in, uh, not necessarily in order, but are Georgia, New Mexico, Texas, and Arizona. So... Um, but as you say, it's kind of an industry-wide play. Yes. All, everybody knows everyone. So one of my curious questions for the industry, what markets do you serve? Because we have access to a lot of wonderful Arizona-grown and United States-grown pecans. But it, you've got an international market here, right? Yes, yes. Um, when we were in the shelling business, you know, and the industry-wide, I would say probably 50% goes into Europe. You know, China has been a major player of pecans. They like them in shell, you know, in like a brine for their Chinese New Year. Oh. Um, so, and then, of course, domestically, we have, with the formation of our federal marketing order, the American Pecan Council, we have actually increased um, consumption within the U.S. by 32%. Really? Yes. Just in the last, what, decade? Since or? 2016. That's when we form you. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, then we need to know some of these um, healthy facts. The pecan is high in healthy unsaturated fat that can lower total blood cholesterol and preserve high density, okay, I just, lipoproteins, HDL, or mm-hmm. good, good cholesterol. cholesterol. The good cholesterol. Lipid. Mm-hmm. Lipids, mm-hmm. yes. 60% of the fats in pecans are mono unsaturated and another 30 percent are polyunsaturated leaving very little saturated fat in the pecan in addition pecans contain no trans fats so all sorts of good good healthy and i love them because you know if you're watching you wait and you need just a little bit of something you don't want to have sweets and you're trying to lower your sugar it's good to do nuts why do you what are some of your fun healthy facts deborah that you always well i mean for me I just love pecans naturally, and it's funny you say that because I'm probably going to get scolded for this. As a child, I did not like pecans. Oh, <laughs> It wasn't until I was pregnant with my oldest that all of a sudden I had this craving and couldn't get enough of them. So, you know, you go through that cycle. You grow up on a farm. You kind of have too much of something, and you don't like it, and then, you know, you kind of go away from it and come back and... You know, I love them. And you're all in now. All in, 100%. I can kind of relate to that in kind of an odd sort of way. So maybe I didn't appreciate my farming life as a kid because we had to work so hard. But now I love it. And I talk more about my farming and growing up than being a city girl. Correct. And so we were horse people. We did the rodeo. But guess what? I was allergic to horses, so I didn't do any of it. So I can sort of relate to that issue. So you kind of hinted to us a little bit about what your team went through during the pandemic, but also as a business and as a family business, you guys really came together. Talk a little bit about that. Well, I mean, for us, it's, you know, the pandemic was hard on everybody and just, you know, making sure we kept our employees healthy, we stayed healthy and, you know, continuing to provide work because I know 
with the country shutting down, that was just really challenging and just making sure we, everybody was safe and we were providing a job and continuing to do what we needed to do to supply our customer base. Now your brother, we haven't talked much about him, but he's boots on the ground. Every uh, day. Yeah. So what's his role? So he's farm manager. So he shares the duties of our Sarita farm with Brad White. And so, you know, he's been in the business oh, about 10 years. He came back. I was in a handful of years and then he came back, which is awesome to work with him every day. So you guys both left and then something drew you back. Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. it did. So, yeah, you know, I think hopefully dad enjoys it. <laughs> <laughs> or tolerates yeah, it. Tolerates no. it. <laughs> you know, there's always dynamics to every family business, but we work well together. You know, we definitely have our different roles and when we need to you know, strong arm, I guess that's the word I would use. We definitely come together. It's not like, what's the thing I'm trying? There's no conflict, I would definitely say, between us and all of our team. We're definitely very cohesive, which is awesome. That's a, the sense I got when I visited with you that January 2020, just mm -hmm. before the pandemic. Is, And then just, I ran into one of your employees that, he, he's a, he was a clerk, I think. And I knew uh, John and... Laurel. Yeah, Laurel. And and I kind of recognized him because he looked just like his brother. And then it dawned on me who it was. And I thought, it again, it's one of those small, close-knit mm -hmm. ag communities. It seems like everybody knows everybody. That's true. Yeah. And Laurel has worked for us since he was 16, on and off. And mm -hmm. is he still there? He's still there. Okay. He managed our nursery, as he would say, all of the trees that are on our farm, which my great uncle taught him everything he knows, because he worked on the farm as well until he passed away, that the trees are his children. They're his Aww. babies. So and you're talking at the time when we did the initial planting, 405,000 trees back in the 60s. Wow. And when you're talking have, treating your tree as a baby, what all do you need to know? If, if someone is going to plant a pecan tree or grow a pecan tree, I mean, they take a certain amount of zinc fertilizer uh, implemented into it to make that perfect pecan nut. Uh, what time of year do they, is harvest season? And then uh, the shelling process, that's, uh, that'll hands black. Yes. <laughs> well, so harvest for us will start probably right around, you know, Christmas time. We definitely need a cold, hard freeze. Like you were mentioning with pistachios, you need good chilling hours. For us, if we can get a nice hard freeze for about three days, that helps the shuck open up. And if anybody doesn't know what pecan grows inside a shuck, it's kind of the green outer layer. So once the pecan is ripe, it opens up and dries out and turns black, and then that's when you the pecans drop. The varieties we grow are Wichita and Western Schleis, and then we actually, when we develop our nursery trees, which we have done, is we use a Bradley kind of as our base root, and then we graft it with a Wichita or Western Schley. So kind of a little fun fact is we bought our original nursery trees from Bill Stallman, from Stallman Farms, just outside of Las Cruces, and you know, my grandfather was always about being diversified. You know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. So he planted Westerns and Wichita's. And the story goes that I've been told is that we were told you shouldn't plant Wichita's, only Westerns. Well, thank goodness we did. We've learned a lot. You know, it's kind of when we do our trimming and topping, the first year our Wichita's take really well to it. 
where our Westerns need kind of like an extra year two, then they really come back and with a quality nut, just the flavor and the buttery taste and the fill. So it's just kind of a fun fact that I think he thought my grandfather may have been a little crazy at the time back in the, you know, early 60s. So cool. Planning different varieties instead of just one main variety. Your grandpa was quite innovative. Yes, he was. So we have to ask this question. What are your favorite recipes besides pecan pie? Mm. <laughs> no, it's I'll not. I'll be scolded for that one, too. <laughs> Sorry. Um, my favorite, of course, is more of like a candy. You take butter, a little brown sugar, and then a little bit of rosemary, and you roast it in the oven. And not roast too long, maybe five, ten minutes, you kind of stir it up. And so you still have that nice crunch, but you still get the kind of buttery flavor coming out of it. And then my second one is, of course, always butter. Everything is great with butter, is with everything bagel seasoning. Oh. Uh-huh. That's yeah. a new one. Mm-hmm. And those are real simple to do. Just simple to do recipes yeah. where you can make a big patch. You can throw it in a Ziploc, throw it in the freezer so it'll stay, you know, fresh. And then you can just take them as you go, throw them on your salad whatever eat them just as is my kids favorite of course is chocolate covered (laughs) there you go (laughs) um and then you're gonna try uh the romero family's famous cajun pecan yes i got that recipe as i was telling julie earlier i'm gonna pull out the last of my stash of uh, pecans from my deep freeze and make it yes so what it so off the top of your head roaming maybe i'm you're i'm asking you something you don't but how do you what is that recipe, or should I know? Is it secret? Well, it's pretty It's pretty simple, it's, and it's actually on our website. Um, I, I would good. like to add one thing, that Jennifer put that on Facebook. About the time, 2016, 2017, the demand for pecans started growing. Oh, there you go. It's gotta I, I, just wanna, I, I just want to throw that out there. Yes, that's right. Mom even has a, a video in her kitchen of making it. And it's it's very similar start out to yours, Deborah. You start with... Uh, Melting butter, and then uh, you mm-hmm. soak, you brush the pecans with butter, and then it's a, a mix of seasoning, a little cayenne, a little salt, uh, a little garlic powder, and those ratios are, again, on our website. I don't have it in front of me, but you just sprinkle it on, and then you roast it in the oven. You get a nice little crisp uh, crust on top from, from an oven roast, and then you just put them in a bowl and you know, set up and they just magically evaporate. And, and Jennifer, the key to Jennifer those... will start her bulk buying of the Green Valley pecans because she 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 makes forty or fifty pounds every holiday season. Oh, my goodness. oh wow! So we, she'll she'll be start she'll be starting that right here, right about just before Halloween. We made it for our partners about that that we put that video together, and now it's like expected. Where are my holiday pecans? Like, All right, we're. <laughs> We're, we're getting on it. We're working on it. Your mason jar full of pecans are on a, a Cajun roast of pecans. But one uh, one thing I was told, Deborah, by an arborist is that pecan trees take 10 gallons of water a day per year of life. So if it's a one-year-old tree, uh, it needs 10 gallons a day. Now, if you only water it once a week, we'll then give it 70 gallons. And then two years old, it would be 140 gallons and so forth. Is that... Uh, any rhyme or reason to that? Well, I think it it definitely depends on the location of your tree. So, you know, for us, it's you're talking gallons. I'm talking acre feet. So for our flood irrigated, it's about three and a half acre feet every two and a half weeks. So I would say about on a 14 to 16 day cycle. 
And then on our sprinkler, it's three and a half acre feet and it's about every 10 days. So and make that, the conversion. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. My brother inherited the math gene from my dad, not myself. And that three and a half acre feet, I mean, what kind of, that's not one individual pecan tree. No, uh-uh. I mean, with flood irrigation, of course, it's not your, you know, depending on how many acres or how many trees are planted per acre, it depends, it varies. So, but I would say all in the end, you're, you're irrigating about eight months to nine months, just depending on weather a year. Gary, you had, you were going to, our producer was going to point out oh, something on Oh, I was going to say with Jennifer's recipe. pecans, the real special ingredient is that cayenne. It's just enough to give you that <laughs> kick. So once you start chewing it, everything's tasting really good. And then all of a sudden, kick. Bam, it hits it, you. Yeah, like a Like good. a sweet heat. Sweet a sweet heat. heat. With a beer. With a beer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'm curious, obviously, probably some of this, Oh, was marketing real quick. What What do you think was the conversion to so many Americans eating more pecans? I think hopefully you know it's America's nut. It's there it's our native to North America. It's and I think a lot of it probably helping create more brand awareness, the health benefits. I think people associate pecans with the holidays. You know, pecan pie things like that. So kind of like from November to December, but. You know, pecans, we've changed the, the narrative. It's an all-year-round snack. Pop segment here with Julie Murphy, Arizona Farm Bureau spokeswoman, who joins us the first Saturday of every month, always brings in a guest to talk farm-fresh commodities. Today, it has been pecans with Green Valley Pecan Company's Deborah Walden, Rawls, thank you all for joining us in studio. Uh, we're not in studio. We're sitting at the Tucson Convention Center for the Saba Home Show that's going to open up here in about an hour. But it has been uh, quite a nutty conversation, and <laughs> we've got one. We, we've still got more to cover. Well, and one thing I wanted to, because I want to throw out another statistic. Deb, you called the uh, pecan America's Nut. Mm-hmm. So the statistic, and this is a statistic provided by the National Pecan Shellers Association, about 1,000 pecan v- varieties exist. Who would have guessed? Wow. And many of them are named after our Native American tribes. So Correct. it makes sense that this is America's nuts, a nut, and that and we should be eating it. And I don't know if it was your brother, Deborah, that sat down and figured this out, but on the pecan stats that we have in front of us somebody sat down and figured out that it would take 10 billion pecans to reach the moon if you stacked them in a line wow <laughs> that's good to know so you know <laughs> you, you, that may save your life someday that information i don't yes. know how but i now, love now it you, now you know the trick is keeping them straight yeah <laughs> that's now, the hard yeah. part yeah, yeah no they're not all uniform and you know we don't want them to roll back so we know we can get Green Valley pecans or the industry's pecans at Costco and other places. And so give us some other final comments about pecans and why we grow them so well in Arizona. Pecans are just the versatile nut as I look at it. You know, you've got a healthy snack. You can throw them in anything. My favorite recipe is my husband's mom's banana bread. 
And then I throw the pecans in there, you know, and put in the banana bread, a little cream cheese, keep it moist. So that's Mm -mm -mm. how I enjoy them. Yes. (laughs) But, um, you know, just you can eat them every day, whether it's for the holidays or throughout the year, you know, pecan crusted salmon, chicken, you know, pecans make a nice flour. We call it a meal that you can usually buy in a grocery store or a specialty food store. And that's a great other way to use them just you know as a flour instead Um, as a snack I would do pecan meal kind of with some type of cheese and make a cracker especially those who are like gluten-free or can't have you know certain wheat products so there's just so many alternatives out there that you can use pecans for and like your grandpa I'm sure there's a lot of stories out there of farmers that innovated tried all sorts of kinds of crops and so we have to give cheers to your grandpa for coming up with what he did with the pecans because we might not have as much of a pecan store story that we do in Arizona thanks to your grandpa. Correct. Is Thank that you. not cool? That is very cool. And um, you might have your next generation thanks to your boys. Yeah. At least one of them. At least one of them. <laughs> he's he's up and coming and you know he definitely he thrives on it. He loves it. It's the same passion I see with both my boys whether it's whatever they do is that they just have a passion for the family generation and you know kind of continuing on the business and we have pecan recipes on fill your plate fillyourplate.org that's arizona farm bureau's website that's consumer facing we have searchable databases on you can find farm products find a farmer's market it's probably one of the most comprehensive lists Uh, visit a farm we that was a new feature we decided we needed to feature all the farms that you could visit uh, I get to visit farms that don't aren't necessarily open to the public like I did with you, Deborah, in January 2020 when you guys t- took me on the full tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, But sometimes the public needs to get to see these farms, so that's a new feature on Fill Your Plate. And then, of course, uh, the variety of recipes we have, and, of course, we have pecan recipes. It, you know, it's fun even just with a salad to toss some chopped up pecans or even whole pecans well, in I think salad. The- I think the harder question to answer was name one recipe that you couldn't add pecans to. It, it's really the bacon That's of the true. nut family. <laughs> it, it, you, can, you, you can put it on, you can put pecans on anything and it only tastes better. And like my grandma, Katie Sonia, used to say her favorite expression was, that person's nuttier than a pecan orchard. <laughs> and she was, she was usually talking about some local politician. <laughs> And if you ever walk down the rows of a pecan orchard, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful tree. It has such a great canopy. It does. It does. Well, as my grandfather always said, you know, it's part art, part science, and part risk. Perfect. Yeah. Very well said. (laughs) Yes. Thank you, Deborah. Green Valley Pecans. And then Julie Murphy, if somebody wanted to sign up for a Farm Bureau membership, they go to... AZFB.org. You can sign up online. And for the non-farmer, it's only 59 bucks.